service, we'll sing number 50, The Lily of the Valley. Number 50. Looking at the song that we just sung, I found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. Is that in our life, truly? We just sung that, each one of us saying those words, I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. And that's 
should be in each one of our lives, that he is first and foremost in everything in our life, and that we put our faith and trust in him, and not in ourselves, but in him. I hope we've all come out here today with one thing in mind, that how can I hear, and how can I learn something today that I can draw closer to Jesus Christ and that I can have salvation, I can have eternal life when I leave here. And I want to say everyone to think about that. We talk about it so much, but I, I know that that's why we come out, is to talk about what God's plan is here upon the earth for each and every one of us, what His plan is for mankind here upon the earth. And in our day, what he would have for us to do. You know, we can read about things that's taken place three, four, five thousand years ago with the righteous, different ones and different things. So they have taken what they have done here upon the earth and how they live their life. And there's a way for us today. There's things that we can see and read about and hear about since Christ was here upon the earth. First of all, we see and read about what the acts of the apostles were and how they went out to spread the word here upon the earth. And that's what he's asking for each and every one of us to do today is how can we help Others to be able to hear his word. Others to be able to know Jesus Christ. What he has done for them. What he's done for all of mankind. And the first thing we need to do in that is be setting forth the right and the proper example before others. And letting that spirit be strong. Letting that spirit shine, he says. That others be, may be able to see. And then give you, give God the honor and the glory, not man, but to give that honor and the glory to God for what he has done for us. What he is, that spirit that he has, that he's offering and he's given to all of us, all of those who diligently seek him, to all of those that ask, that new birth, that new spirit. Let's read some about that new birth, just thinking about it there. Let's turn over to John and see just what Jesus talked about there. We'll start reading in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. There's a lot in this book, a lot of things there that's quoted by people throughout the world today. Do we really understand? Do they really understand? I want us to all understand what he's talking about here, about that new birth. And listen to what he says in the very beginning of these things. And we'll start reading the first verse, third chapter of John. There is a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Now I want to just stop and think, this man was a Pharisee, a, a, group, a part of a group of a very diligent people that were felt like they were serving God in that day. And he was a ruler of the Jews. He was one that had authority there in that group, or that religious group of people there. But he could see that there was something in Jesus Christ 
There was something there that was different from the other people here upon the earth, the other priests and rabbis that he was accustomed to being around. He says, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Now, do we understand that today, that his words are here written for us, and it is coming from God that we will be able to read, know, and understand what he has, how he has for us to live, because he was about to tell this man Nicodemus. He had some questions. He, this, I'm sure that Nicodemus was there worshiping him and had come to hear the word from him. And he just goes up to him and he says, We know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now Jesus didn't start taking things upon him on self and start letting the words that this man said upbuild him in his own self. He knew where that power had come from. It came from God. But Jesus had something else that he wanted this man to understand. And I want us all to understand when we leave here today what he was talking about and how you can have that. He says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now I want you to just stop and think about that just a little bit. Here was this grown man and Jesus bringing something to his attention here. And as we read on, we'll see he just could not grasp what Jesus was saying. And Jesus, when he says that, verily, verily, he wants your attention. And I want everybody to give your full attention to him this morning. He says, except a man. He says, I say unto you. Now, he, this man had just said, I believe that you're a teacher that God has sent here upon the earth. Now, if he believes that, now he is going to listen very carefully to the words. Now, if we believe that these are words of God that has been printed and, and left here for us to read and expound on today, if we believe on that, then let's listen carefully. Verily I say unto thee, verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now Nicodemus did not understand what he was talking about. But he's talking about being born again from above. Being born again from, with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost from God the Father through Jesus Christ in our day now. That's how it comes from us, to us. From God the Father through Jesus Christ because we have asked that we might be able to receive it. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time and do his mother's womb and be born? Now that would really, I mean, that, that was really a question that was in this man's mind. And there were so many things that was being brought to them that was new for them. They had been the chosen people of God. They had been taught about the law. They had been to He says, I'm what this man was a Pharisee. He was a ruler. I believe he knew and understood some of those things. Knew a lot about it. And he's looking now and he's saying, you have just said I must be born again. What are you talking about? Does anybody in here today... 
I want you to listen. If you don't understand what he's talking about, listen carefully. But he's talking about having that new birth, taking the old man out, getting the Spirit of God. And he answered, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The water and the Spirit. We've had that natural birth. And now he's saying we must have that spiritual birth, that Spirit of God, have that new birth in us. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now that's plain talking there that Jesus was talking to the people about. And he has said that basically twice in the first part there that he said. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And he can't enter into it. We can't see it if we can't enter into it. Here he says that he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And I believe that that is entering the kingdom of God here while we're upon the earth. Being a part of the true spiritual church of Christ. He says there that we must be born of water and of the Spirit. So that we are a part of that true spiritual church of Jesus Christ. And if we don't have that, he makes it very plain and clear. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God, be a part of it here. And if you're not a part of it here upon the earth, you will not be a part of it when you leave this world and are there after we have left this earth. We will not be a part of it if we are not born of that spirit while we're here. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And he just brings it, he, he wants this man to understand well what he's talking about. He says, yes, you can't go back into your mother's womb and be born. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But I want you to understand that it is a spiritual birth that we must have. We must work, God is a Spirit. And we must worship Him in Spirit. And that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound now of, but canst not tell whether it cometh or whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. There are things there we can see the wind, we can... Hear it blowing, but we don't know where it comes from. He says there that whether it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. We know that that Spirit comes from God. We know that if we ask, he says, ask and you shall receive. So is every one that is born of God. Mankind does not see and does not understand. Man without the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. He might see that there is something that is special in someone. That the Spirit is working there and they are living their life and it is showing it's there. They don't truly understand where it comes from and how they received it. They can, each and every one of us can, if we want to do it. If we have a desire for that Spirit, a desire for Jesus Christ, more than anything here upon the earth, we can receive of that. The wind, and so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? 
He still didn't understand. Is there some in here today that still does not understand about what he's talking about? That you must have this new birth. And that new birth will take away your sins. That new birth will give you the power of God to be able to overcome sin. To be able to come e- overcome evil. To get the things out of your life that would be displeasing to Him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel and knowest not these things? Now, he's, he is Nicodemus there just was very honest with Christ. And he says, how can this be? And if you don't understand it, just ask. Do the same thing here. Go to Jesus Christ and let Him show you, just as He's going to show Him. How can these things be? He did not understand it. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, and knowest not these things? chastised him some. He says, here, you've told me, and you've come here as a Pharisee. You've come here as a ruler. You've come here and you shouldn't understand something about what the Messiah was going to do when he came here to the earth. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness." Jesus just said, he came there and he said, we've seen all these miracles and these things that you've talked about. But Jesus is just telling him and he says, we speak that we do know about God, what God has shown us. I know these things because I have been there, is what he's saying. We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. Now, is that our case with us today? We hear in the Word, it's being preached very plain and clear to us. Are we receiving these words? Are we receiving the witness from Jesus Christ? If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Jesus Christ descended here from from heaven there. He descended here that we all might be able to have eternal life. And he wanted it, he says, there's no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even... The Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so so, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And we all understand that. Moses lifted up that serpent. That was there. There was a, a serpent that had come around that was there. And if they got outside of the camp, If he bit them, it was sure death. But God gave them a cure for it. Moses made a snake, and he put it upon a rod, and he could hold that snake up. And anyone that got bit by it, if they looked upon it, they were saved. They did not perish. And he's saying the Son of Man must be lifted up the same way 
the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, was lifted up on that cross. And He died there. And that is there for us today, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whosoever believeth in Him, putting our full faith and trust in Him, He says, should not perish. And when we put our full faith and trust in Him, and we repent of our sins, then we can receive that new birth. We can have that new birth that He's talking about. And see victory. And we can have eternal life. Now friends, that's what I want every one of us to know and understand. I don't want anybody to not understand that how you can have that eternal life. It's by asking Jesus Christ. Asking Him. And repenting of your sin. And having full faith and confidence in Him. That what He has promised, that I will forgive you your sins, He will do. And having full faith and confidence in Him that what He has said, that I will give you eternal life. I will give you that new birth. I'll give you that new spirit. Do you have faith that you can receive that? Do you have faith that you have received that if that's the case? That's what He's asking. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. And all those that do not believe in Him will perish. Will not be able to have eternal life. All of those that do not believe in Him and put their faith and trust in Him. What will take place? They will be cast into outer darkness. But the righteous into eternal life. What do you want today? I love life. I want to enjoy this life that He has given me. But I know also that when this life is over, I can go right on into eternal life. And every one of us can. If we truly desire that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. That is quoted all the time. It's quoted constantly. People quote that. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. Now I want us to understand what that means though. When he says there that God loved the world, and he does, it is God's desire, it is God's will that all men would be saved. So much so that he sent his son here to the earth. His son, he sent him out of glory To come here on this sin-cursed earth. To go through all the trials and temptations that you and I could ever have. And to be put to death on that cross. But He overcame it. 
whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now when you say you believe upon him, that's not just saying, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and go on. It's I believe in everything that he stood for. I believe in every commandment that he had. I believe in living by his word that he has said that he left here an example for us to live. That's what believing in Jesus Christ is. It's not just saying a little prayer and going on and living a sinful life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Man was already condemned. They've been condemned ever since. There in the, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, they have been condemned. Man has ever since then. We inherited that. But God, as I just said, His will is that man is to be saved. If that's the case, then He had to do something about it. And He sent His Son. And all of God's wrath was rained out upon His Son, Jesus Christ, for you and for me. The punishment that we deserved, he took. And he bore it on that cross that we can have eternal life. But that the world through him, through Jesus Christ, might be saved. Is that in our life? Is that in our mind? Is that where we are today? He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Just what I talked about. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Listen to that carefully. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Came here. He was born condemned. Because he hath not believed upon the name of the only begotten Son of God. Has not believed upon the name of Jesus Christ. Has not believed that He's the Son of God. Has not believed that He can overcome the world in you, that worldly nature in you. And that has to be taken out of us. We have to have that new birth, that new spirit. Then that will take that worldly nature away. And this is, and this is the, command, the condemnation. That light is coming to the world. 
And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Think about that. How sad that that is when you really think about what it is. He says there, this is the condemnation. This is what has condemned and what is condemning the world. And it is doing it today. That the light is coming to the world. Jesus Christ, the, the light of righteousness, the light of eternal life, He has come into the world and He has overcome the stuff, everything for us. But listen what He says. The light is coming to the world and men loved darkness rather than the light. And that is what's going on throughout the world and it can be right here in, in us If we desire the things of the world more than we desire Jesus Christ. If we desire serving the flesh, the gods of the world, if we desire that more than following His Word, we must have that desire that we want the light above everything. Men love darkness rather than light and he goes right in and he tells why because their deeds are evil the works of Jesus Christ the words of Jesus Christ condemns the evil works of man and that's why man does not like the light they love evil they love darkness They love sin. Satan has them so deceived. But there is a wonderful opportunity there that we can have that light. And we can be filled with knowledge and understanding. Spiritual wisdom and knowledge. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. Now is that in us? Are are we willing today to come to the light? Are we willing to lay it all aside? I don't want to be as this, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. I don't want that any part of that in my life. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth, that is where I want to be. And that's where you should want to be, and we can be there. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, cometh to Jesus Christ, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God, that your deeds may be manifest to others, that they are works of the new birth, they are works of the Spirit of God in you. Not your works. What do you want? Listen, look at that again. Do you want man to look upon you and see the evil spirit there within you because that's the works that is, that is going on in your life? Or do you want it to be that people can see that you have come to the light, you have come to Jesus Christ, you have asked Him and you have received that His deeds, that your deeds may be made manifest to others 
that they are the works of God in you. That's what I want. I want. To, I have a desire for that, friends. Not that I might bring any glory to myself, but that I might be able to enter into the kingdom of God. Because that's what he says I must have to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. And that's how I can have eternal life. And that's how you can have that eternal life. And we can get that evil, those evil deeds out. We can get it all out. And walk with Him to eternity. His Word, His truths are what we need to be looking for. And asking and seeking and desiring above all things. He was very plain and clear to Nicodemus. He chastised him. He rebuked him. And he told him how he could have eternal life. And that's what he'll do with us. And we can know him. And we can be a part of him. And see victory. That's what I want us everyone to be looking for is victory. Victory in Jesus Christ. Let's turn over to Matthew. I'm going to read some in Matthew. Let's read the 18th chapter of Matthew. Starting at the first verse, the 18th chapter of Matthew. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. Now I want you to think about this. Here these men were, and and they were just in the flesh, and naturally they had some questions that they wanted to ask. And they asked Jesus, his disciples there that was with him. He says, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus didn't answer them the way that they thought that he would answer them, I don't believe. But he just brought a little child, he says, and he called a little child unto him. And he set him in the midst of them. He brought that little child right in, right in front of all of his disciples that had just asked him this question. And he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Here he's talking about that kingdom of heaven again. And we must be a part of that if we want that eternal life. We must be able to know and to be a part of that while we are here on the earth, having that new birth so that that can get us into the kingdom of God here, the kingdom of heaven. Except 
you be converted and become as little children. What is being converted? What's he talking about? He's talking about that new birth that he told Nicodemus about. Being converted from the old man to the new man. Being converted from lost, from, a, from one in darkness, full of evil. Being converted to that new man that is full of light and full of righteousness. That's what he's talking about. Except ye be converted and become as little children. Now when we, when we get that, then we see how undone and how weak and frail that you and I are. That's what we see. And we know that of ourselves. Then we can see and know that we have to be just as that little child there that, that is so dependent upon its parents to be able to live that we've got to be just as dependent upon God and the Son Jesus Christ, to be able to live spiritually. Do we understand these things? Listen to it. Except you be converted. New birth. Darkness taken away. Full of light. And become then as a little child. Become totally dependent Upon Jesus Christ. That's putting all of our faith and trust in Him. You shall not enter into the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven. Is that in our lives? It has to be, friends. If we're going to be a part of it. It has to be. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Listen. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. When that little child comes there and he knows that he has to depend Upon his parents. And he says. He is humbled. Just as that little child. Now we have to then be humbled to Christ Jesus. And God the Father. Humbled in our own way. That we know nothing without them. And then he says. The same is greatest. In the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child shall be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now I want to tell you, that's taking the will of man out of the way. The nature and the will of man is that I can do it myself. I don't need anybody. By myself I can do this. Even a, a small child can get that way. By myself, I want to do it. But what he's telling us here, whosoever therefore shall humble himself, totally submissive to Jesus Christ, the same 
is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's what he's looking for in us, friends. That's what we must have. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Whosoever receives a little child in my name, and I believe he's talking about a child of God. A little child there. And yes, naturally we should do all that we can to help the little children. But he said, Whosoever shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, Someone there, if we are offensive to the Word of God in someone, he says it's better for him than a millstone were hanged about your neck and you were cast into the sea and drowned so that you would not commit such a deed. He said you'd be better off. And that would be a terrible thing. So it would be a, he's talking and he's telling us, that if we offend the righteous, if we offend the Spirit of the Holy Ghost in someone, it's a very dangerous situation if we do that. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Now he's also teaching us there, a parable there. He's telling us about some of the, just really what he's saying here is that if we let... Anything here in this life, anything, come between us and God, and it offends, it is something that's offensive to Him, we must get it out. We have to get it away. If there's anything, doesn't matter what, He says, just look, think about it. If thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off. Doesn't matter how close it is to you in your mind, how close it is in your family, or what you love here upon the earth, whatever you have such a great desire for here upon the earth. He says, if it is offending the Spirit of God in you, cut it off. Get it out of the way. If it is offensive to that spirit. He says it's better for you to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Listen how, how dangerous that is for us spiritually. That if we don't get this stuff out of our life. He says you'll be cast into 
everlasting fire. He tells us the opposite. He says, if we do these things and we get it out, he says, it's better for you to enter into life without these natural pleasures, without whatever it might be, that family member that might be discouraging your work, whatever it might be, how close it might be to you. He says, get it out of the way. It's better to do that. And to go through life missing these things than be cast into hell fire. These are words of Jesus Christ. I am reading them and talking to you about it. But this is the words of Jesus Christ. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell. I want you to just stop and think a little bit and see. He's not talking about it. Just think about it. If I had something that was wrong with one of my eyes and I had to have it removed, take it out so that this body could continue to live, I don't believe that that's what he's talking. I know that's not what he's talking about because that eye being, having something wrong with it doesn't, is not going to cast me into hell. But I look upon both of my eyes as extremely important and I want to keep them both. And I look upon, we look upon the things of this world. We look upon our family and whatever it might be, our friends. And we look upon them that we want to be a part of that. We want to keep it. But if there's something there that is offending the Spirit of God that is in you in that new birth, He says, get it out. Cast it out. He says it's better for you to just have one eye than to be cast into hell fire. See what he's talking about. He's not talking about that natural part. He's talking about things that can be just as dear to you as that eye in your mind. You can look upon it that Man, I want to do this and I want to be a part of this so much. But if it's offensive to him, if it's offensive to that spirit, you must release it. You must get away from it. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you, that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. We read in the other there that we were already condemned and God sent. He said that Jesus, Jesus said He didn't come here to condemn us. He came to save us. Isn't that wonderful to think about? And here he's telling us again, For the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. He came 
so that we can have that spiritual birth. Is it in your life? And you might have been coming to church here for years and years and years. But have you had that spiritual birth? Are you alive spiritually? For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. That is so encouraging to me. And it's it's the free gift. It's gift of eternal life. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what he's talking about. The wages of sin, the darkness of that eye, the evilness of that eye, the evilness of man can all be taken away through Jesus Christ. How think ye if a man have an hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than over the ninety and nine which went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And that's all of his right. All of those that has come to him. Those that are become as that little child. It is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. It's not His will. It's His will that we all are saved. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost but now can have eternal life can we each one truly say but now I am found I was lost but now I'm found amazing grace amazing power of God Amazing spirit. Spiritual life. That will overcome. Eternal death. But he finds that sheep. And if there is one. That has gone astray. If there is one. That has made a mistake. In his kingdom, in his foal, he is there searching for him. He is there to help him. He is there to help him to get that out of his life, to get that eye that is offensive out, to get that hand or that foot that is offensive out, so that we can go on. To victory. 
Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Wonderful word there. Well, well for us to understand what he's talking about. Don't go off and tell somebody else what your brother has done or your friend or whatever it might be. What they have done that is offensive to you. Just go and discuss it and talk to them. Tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Again, Christ is just laying out how we should take care of, of things right within the church. This is what he's talking about. But it comes and he's very, with the love of God, he's doing these things. He's telling us to do it. Not to go out just to condemn people. He didn't do that. But to do these things with the love of God. But when it comes down to it, to the final thing, then we have to separate just as he was telling us over here, there are things that we must separate from. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything, that they shall ask, and it shall be done for them of my my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now I don't believe that he's talking about people there just as a general, uh, people that are not saved, people that do not have that spirit. If we've got that spirit of the Holy Ghost, and he says there, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And he's talking about the spirit within you. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That's the spirit of God doing those things. Again, I say that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching any, anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And again, I believe that's got to be two people, what he's talking about there. If it's the things that are spiritually discerned, spiritually helping, it must be people with that spirit or someone that is seeking that spirit, trying to get out of the condition that they are in. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. 
where two or three, it doesn't matter where they're at, doesn't matter how large a group or how small. If God, if they are doing these things in the name of Jesus Christ, truly in His name, He says, I will be in the midst of them. Be encouraged in this. That He can be with you and me wherever it might be. It does not matter. He can be with us. And we can be strong. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Peter had a question. He had just talked to him, told him about there, those things. If your brother, you know, if he trespasses against you, go and talk to him about that. Now Peter had a question. How many times should I do this? There may have been somebody that Peter was wondering about. That this person may have been constantly doing something that Peter felt like he was doing him wrong in. Peter said, if my brother sin against me and I forgive him, how many times? Till seven times? Now listen to the words of Jesus. Listen at the mercy. Listen at the love that he had. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. And I don't believe that Christ was just putting a number on it at that. I believe what he was wanting Peter to understand is that Peter, if someone trespasses against you and they come and they truly repent, forgive them. And that's what He has done. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which do take account of His servants. Now He's going to talk about some other things of what took place and how God looks upon and how He looks upon the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is, is with people while they are here upon earth and they will be with them when they leave here, those that have repented, those that are a part of that true church of Christ. But I want us to understand there that He is there and He will forgive. That is the love of God. That's the love, the mercy of Him. If we do not just say, I'm going back to the house that I came out of. I'm going back to live in that and, and do despise spite to the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. We trample it under our feet. We crucify Him afresh when we do those things. And He says, now there is no more repentance for that sin. But these things here, He says, until 77 times, but until 70 times 70, you forgive Peter. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. A tremendous amount. We can't even comprehend how much that that is in our life, hardly. It, was, it is an astronomical amount of money. That he owed him. But for as much as he had not to pay. His Lord 
commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. All of the things there. Everything that he had, his house, himself, his wife, his children. His master was saying, sell him. Make him a slave and his family and his children. Sell him. Because he owed that debt. And that's what the debt that we owed God is astronomical. There is no way that you and I can pay that debt. None. We owe it. And there is one way to have it taken away. The blood of Jesus Christ. Believing in Him. Repenting of our sins. It's the only way. But the servant fell down and worshipped Him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. Now that is where, and that's exactly what we must do. And we can see there, we see we owe that debt. We see we cannot pay it. Fall down and ask that that debt be paid by the blood of Jesus Christ for you. That's what we better be doing. And what would the Lord do? And what will He do for us? The Lord will be moved with compassion toward you when we go and we repent and we believe. And He will loose us from that debt. Isn't that wonderful? He will loose us. Take that debt away. Forgave Him the debt. Now listen, this man had had that happen. Well, let's go on and read and see what took place in his life. And the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, Pay me that thou owest. Now here, he had just been forgiven that debt. Now let's look at our spiritual life. If we've just been forgiven that debt and we've received mercy from God and we go out and someone trespasses against us, should we not extend that? Yes. We should do just as He told Peter. Forgive. 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 But this man here, he had been forgiven that debt This man that he saw owed him a small amount. He went out and he didn't just ask him. He says that he went out and he found one of his servants and owed him a hundred pence and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, grabbed him unmercifully. And he said, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Now this this servant here was doing the same thing that he had done. And he would not. Sad way to look at it. Is that in our life today? 
Are we willing to forgive? Are we willing to try to hold a grudge? Try to hold on to something? And you know what you do when you do that? You're not doing anything but holding on to darkness. Holding on to evil. Holding on to something that is not going to make you happy. It's not going to make you feel good. But getting rid of it in the way he says to do it by forgiveness can bring peace. And he would not. But he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Here he had just been forgiven of all this. Then he takes this, young, this other man and cast him into prison. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. And now, listen. When we fall down before him, and we desire Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins, and He does that, then we've got to go out and live a different life. We can't go and, and go back into that same type lifestyle. He says, Then His Lord, after they had called Him and said unto Him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on my fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And that's where we need to be today, each and every one of us. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespass. Now listen to that carefully. We can't hold a grudge upon on things. We can't do these things. We can't go out and gossip about other people. And his Lord was wroth. He was angry with him. And delivered him to the tormentors. Because he was not following. He was not living the way he should. And that's the way I want to look at it. Because once that I have been forgiven that debt, I should live in the same manner with others. He delivered them to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due him unto him. Terrible thing to think about. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, to you, if you do not forgive not every one his brother their trespasses.
he makes it very simple. And he just tells us how and what we should do and how we should live our life. Now, it's up to us to hear his word. It's up to us to be a part of that and to live in accordance with how he would have for us to live today. That's where I want us to be. That's where you should want to be. That's where I want to be. I don't want to have darkness in me. People, most everybody does not like darkness. I don't like darkness because I can't see what is right around me. And it can bring, can make you fearful because you never know what is there. But if you have light, you can see all around you. And you can see how to stay on the road. You can see if there's anything dangerous around you that you, you can, and you can avoid it. And that's that light of God, that light of Jesus Christ in us will show us how we can navigate this world, this life, and stay out of danger of eternal fire. He'll show us how that we can stay on that straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life by just walking in His Spirit, by listening to His Word and following through. You must be born again. If you want to see the kingdom of heaven. He says you must be born again. How can this be? You must be born of water and you must be born of the Spirit. How can this be? I must believe in Jesus Christ. I must repent of my sins. I must become a child of God. By having that new birth. His words, His truths, friends, are being taught to us. Accept it. And flee to Him. Become as that little child dependent upon Jesus Christ and God the Father to lead God and direct you. And they will. And He says, it might take my yoke upon you my yoke is easy and my burden is light and he will lead us to victory we will sing number 311 I am coming Lord
That's what I want us to all to be doing. Coming and drawing closer to Him. Number 311. I am coming, Lord. you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost and may the Lord receive in the blood of Jesus Christ receive him I hear thy welcome voice that calls me Lord to thee for cleansing in thy precious blood that flowed on Calvary I am coming Lord that should be each and every one of us desire today I am coming to you 
to receive that new birth. You can. Let's all be a part of it. Wash me, cleanse me in the blood that flowed on Calvary. We will not have our Monday meeting tomorrow night. It's a holiday for the children. But we will start, or we will have it next Monday. And the afternoon classes will start on Wednesday. Let us pray. To God the Father, thank you for all you've given to us today. Thank you for the wonderful words of life that has been spoken. And we all should know and understand now how that we can have that new birth. And that we can see the kingdom and we can be a part of the kingdom of heaven while we're here on the earth. And we can go right into it when we leave here into eternal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. By believing upon Him. God, I ask You to be with everyone that is struggling today. Everyone that needs to move up to comfort them, to show them, to chasten and rebuke. Whatever it might be that we can get, that You can get their attention just as You did Nicodemus's. And I believe in You. And I want to go straight forward and encourage others in Your Word, Your work, And we just beg for guidance and that you show us how to use the things you've entrusted into our hands that we can encourage others to have eternal life in Jesus Christ. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.